Welcome back to the Russell Fugit Show. I'm Russell Fugit. Thanks for listening. I want to start real quick before I get into this special interview with my father, Gene Fugit, by apologizing for the poor audio quality. I cleaned it up a little bit, but you're going to hear some echo, and I just really want to apologize for that. Um, I thought about not publishing this episode, but I think what is shared here is both too interesting, too insightful, and too entertaining um, to, to leave it off the record. So if it bothers you, of course, I understand if you don't listen, but those of you who stick with it, I think you'll get a couple of laughs, chuckles, and some fascinating insight as to right where we are right now with coronavirus, with NFL draft coming up and the world of sports and the world in general. And sports always, of course, provides us great context for where we are in our country and in our society and in our world. So with no further ado, enjoy the return of Fugit Square with my dad, Gene Fugit. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to uh, a special edition of Russell Fugit Podcast, Leadership, Legacy, and Love. This is a Fugit Squared edition because today I'm happy and blessed to have my second guest. Of course, the first guest ever here was my mother, and the second guest, of course, is my father, Gene Fugit Jr., All-Pro, tight end, the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Redskins, attorney, um, reporter for the Washington Post both in the, in the Metro section and um, covered the, the, the bullets um, for the Washington Post as well. And, and I could go on and on about, about the resume and the background. You can Google them and look, up, look it up for yourself. Um, but we're really excited today to um, have a conversation. We've had some heavier topics here in this space, but we're going to discuss, of course, where we are with Corona and COVID, but also going to talk a little bit of sports with the NFL draft coming up and just kind of see where we are. Dad, thanks for making time to be with us. Well, I just think you're so lucky to have uh, Ann Payne Fugate as your mom. I mean, she is just so smart. You know, she got me through Amherst, as everybody knows. And uh, I was able to use her notes when I I was at law school. And when she got admitted and went to SMU uh, back in uh, 1974, she was the only African-American in her class Mm -hmm. in the only law school in Dallas. And, of course, you know uh, I wanted to try to keep up with your mom and I needed to go to law school also so I got accepted and I told my coach a man named Tom Landry who was head coach of the Cowboys who congratulated me but said I still had to come to practice and with no night school that's one reason among many why uh, my last game with the Cowboys was Super Bowl 10. Super Bowl 10. It was, a, it was in Miami, 1976, correct? Uh, when the Cowboys tried to re-sign me, uh, Gil Brand, who just went to the Hall of Fame, God bless him, wrote me a letter that told me that I was more famous than Frank Sinatra because it took me a while to figure that. But then when I saw that 80 million people worldwide uh, watched that game live on TV, and at the time, it was the most watched worldwide TV broadcast in television history. Uh, and little did I know, you know, that I would catch a pass, limp out of the game after a hit from Mel Blount, and lose. And now for 50 years, they play the uh, summary of the game in highlights before the new Super Bowl, and every year we lose. Mm. Well, I know it's hard. You have to have to relive that, but um, such an amazing experience. Of course, and I relive it with you every year and, and watch Mel Blount, you know, lay that hit right on your, the back of your, uh, on your hamstring. 
<laughs> in slow motion on the NFL films, Super Bowl Ten highlight. So now you're out in Arizona, Fugue. How's it going? What's it, what's the situation out there in the coronavirus? I know you were telling me it's going to start getting hot pretty soon. Yeah, well, and uh, I'm talking to you uh, from the desert, and it's supposed to be uh, uh, 99, 99, 100 in the next few days. Mm. And it'll be uh, my first time, a chance to experience, you know, uh, the desert heat. And it's a lot different from uh, the East Coast, but so is the way uh, that the disease is, is ravaging. So I just hope everybody is uh, uh, paying attention. Uh, my most recent tweet, Russ, is that uh, uh, some people are ignorant and, uh, and other people are just plain dumb. And, uh, you know, stay awake and, and stay uh, covered. Cover your face and please stay home, you know, as long as you can. But, you know, a lot of people that listen to ours have to go to work. So don't go out unprotected and, and please uh, uh, do that. You know, somebody was asking me, you know, what's the difference between, uh, you know, ignorant and, and, and being dumb and... Uh, Ignorant is what you and I are trying to solve, is trying to give people information because ignorant is people, you know, don't have the knowledge, don't have the technique to process all the information. But dumb is they have, everybody has some information and dumb is they just don't have a full deck or all the tools in the tool chest or just cannot process you know, just in terms of common sense, what uh, the information is telling them. So for people still to be congregating, touching, going to the beach and thinking that they can stay away for 10 feet and thinking that it's not going to come back in the states that try to lift, I, I just think that that's uh, uh, not wise. And I think we just need to be smart and know you know, where to get the right information from so that we don't have to be ignorant. And if you have the information and you still want to go out with a mask, well, we'll just call you dumb and please stay away from me. Uh, that's the end of the uh, public service uh, <laughs> announcement. You can add to that if you want. That's no, I'm with you. Um, you know, the, the last episode I, I just published, um, I guess it was, I think it was yesterday, was on humility. And I just think there's just a lot of arrogance um, out in the culture right now. And, you know, people are going out and, and um, you know, I just don't think our people are taking this seriously. And, you know, I know it may not be impacting everybody directly, um, but I know it's certainly the disease is impacting everybody indirectly because of the stay at home orders and, and the shutdown of many businesses and the economic impact. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, you can you can get money back, but you can't get your time back and your health back. Well, it's so disproportionate. I, you know, we've seen the headlines of on minorities. And, yes. Uh, especially African Americans are disproportionately mm -hmm. suffering and dying. And, you know, since they don't, you know, file the taxes on the uh, uh, turbo tax, uh, they're the ones that haven't gotten checks yet. You know, I know a lot, they say a lot of people got checks, but I don't know one person. That's got a check. And I know if you're on Social Security, you're supposed to have gotten a check. And you would think those are the ones that would get it first. So, 
I just think that the way the checks are going out is, is political and the way the disease is being handled, I think, is political. Because mm -hmm. I don't think Trump, you know, wants to test anybody. And I think he wants to have uh, the uh, voters suppressed, you know, by this virus. I mean, everybody sees that coming, but he don't know that we all going to have raincoats and vote anyway. <laughs> Vote or die is going to be going to be pretty literal this time around. Yeah, not pretty literal. It's going to be literal. It was literal, literal in Wisconsin just a couple of weeks ago. Right. Very true. Very true. You know. Now, now if they say of, if you in line, you can still vote, and then y'all got to be six feet apart. How long is the line going to be at midnight? Hey, but I can guarantee that we're going to all learn how to make PEP. We're learning how to make masks now. Right. But by November, we're going to learn how to make complete jumpsuits. We're going to look like we all going to the moon with Sun Ra. Well, that's what it, that's what it takes. And I don't know if everybody's going to catch the Sun Ra reference, but you can look that up, too. And just speaking to your point, I, I know people I'm, I'm very close to, uh, uh, who's someone who's on Social Security who has not gotten a direct deposit or check. I know someone who's a file for unemployment who has not gotten a direct deposit or check. But then I know two other people who they have gotten their direct deposit um, of the stimulus. So again, the people who need the most, people who are in an old age, social security, haven't gotten it, apply for, apply, people who have applied for unemployment did not get stimulus, and then people who are otherwise, you know, have income, um, have gotten it. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. So well, there is a rhyme or reason to it, Russ. What do you mean mm -hmm. there's no rhyme or reason? I mean, is it a rhyme or reason why the richest people were able to get the no interest, no payback loans and the companies owned by the poorest people who really needed it couldn't even get the bank to return their call? What are you talking about? The whole thing is rigged. The whole thing is rigged. Now, they just said on the second time around, the third time around, you know, we done got some money for minorities, and, and, and we'll see. And I hope, because if everybody doesn't rise, this boat is just going to sink. And they're just going to try to rob it between now and November and steal the election again. I mean, I know everybody sees that coming already. Yeah, I think, I think so. And I, I, just, I can't be... I can't be uh... Loose with my my turns of phrase with you. I just been reminded. <laughs> of course, there is there is a rhyme or reason, and it's not by accident that these things are happening. I, I totally get that. So. So now everybody's trying to entertain themselves, and uh, right, and and uh, you know you were uh, wondering about the, uh, the the future of sports. Correct. Was that one of the things that you were thinking about? Well, certainly thinking about that, and of course. You know, this has been in the last, you know, few days has been very active because we had the Jordan documentary premiere. I know you said you, didn't, you hadn't had a chance to see that. Um, and then, of course, we have the NFL draft coming up. Um, so, you know, it's been it's been more discussion, more more new things to, to, to discuss. I don't, you know, I'm, I tried to watch some of the old uh, March Madness games when they were running those. <laughs> but it only take so much of watching, you know, 2015 Elite Eight games or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, not you know people are looking for distraction, but of course we also do know that sports is very big business. Um, it, it impacts you know obviously a lot of people you know, who, who work in the arenas and the stadiums um, who make a living there. Um, obviously you know, in terms of entertainment, in terms of media, in terms of television, there's, there's a big value asset. And of course to our society, 
and our feeling of connectivity and being able to, to root for a team and high five a stranger at a, at a game and those types of activities, there's a huge impact. And then, of course, in college athletics, it's a very unique situation as well. And been reading about how college sports, particularly college football, if there's not a season or if there's a season where there's no attendance, no games, that a lot of the big schools in college football make as much as $7 million a home game. If they lose that revenue, what the impact will be on non-revenue sports and on these universities. So definitely looking across that landscape. I know that's a lot. I definitely want to get your thoughts on the draft. I don't know if you have a sense of where you'd like to start, uh, but definitely wanted to get your thoughts on the draft. Well, you're talking about uh, sports, okay? And and uh, talking about sports that has uh, become global mm-hmm. and uh, generated millions of dollars primarily by the way it was produced and distributed uh, in the United States, uh, with the United States sports, uh, primarily football, baseball, and, and basketball. And then to a lesser extent, you know, some of the Olympic sports, and certainly the Olympics uh, every uh, four years, and it was always the American broadcasters' hope, both from uh, Hollywood and from sports, was how uh, their sport uh, could be uh, exported and to create a global audience. So to this day, the NFL kills the players flying to London having this artificial game where they probably buy half the tickets themselves and give it away. And then they have uh, you know, teams flying over there because they couldn't sell tickets in, in Jacksonville uh, uh, where they were. I mean, so uh I, I don't know. It wasn't really a good strategy. They had a good strategy before with that world football, but I don't know if they were really interested so much in sharing revenue with people that they didn't know or they couldn't control because if they had franchises in other countries, they couldn't control it like they could in America because the laws are different in every country. And to the extent that you have an international partner, you always give up something just because it... Uh, uh, is is international, so uh, you look at how much money is generated, and you know how the money is generated is because people are buying stuff. So just think about it, Russ. Nobody's buying stuff. If you saw last week's Wall Street Journal, New York Times, consumer spending is at its all-time low. We're at a recession, and uh, most people haven't got their money yet, but the people who did, it's gone. People who got unemployment, they spent it already. They're trying to do another round of it. And, you know, they're trying to find something to compare this to, but, but there really there's nothing to compare it to. So until there is either comprehensive testing and tracking or until there is a, uh, a, a shot, a cure or uh, a, a shot that will uh, prevent it. A vaccine, yep. Yeah, a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, life will, cannot go back to anywhere near being the same. So that means that there's not going to be any college football. There's mm-hmm. not going to be any NFL season this year. And there's not going to be an NBA again. And... Uh, you know, the hope is maybe they could have baseball by next year, but that even looks doubtful right now. Because what's happening is there's still people who, I guess they're dumb. I mean, if you say, well, look, I mean, it, it was like uh, 
you know, do you mind if we lose some people? Well, as long as they're not mine. I mean, it sounds like what some <laughs> governors are saying, not really understanding how people died from the bubonic plague. And this virus, man, it, it, it kills. And to think that they're going to open bowling alleys and pay place to cut hair. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like they're trying to get people who are either ignorant or dumb to go to these places to catch the disease and die. I mean, you were, you would think it was a plan. Hmm. So you're so just to be clear, you're not you're not optimistic at all. All this conversation about the baseball season and and the NBA, NHL being able to resume in the coming month or two. You you you're and then even talking about the fall, the football season, both college and professional. You're not optimistic that you don't believe any of it's gonna even happen, even That's without fans. Conversation promoted by Trump. Mm-hmm. who wants to try to get reelected and promoted by the leagues themselves who are trying to figure out how to get out of having to pay the players because they know that the leagues and the sponsors are not going to pay for this. It's certainly not at the levels that they're contracting. And we're right. talking about a lot of money here. True. I know billions and bump billions of dollars. Right. Well, those seasons mm-hmm. are gone. Now, can everybody just stay in place? You know, can the athletes just stay in place? And can they stay healthy and not catch it? Right. So unless you have something that's solo performance, maybe you can do gymnastics and everybody can watch you on your computer and score it, you know. Golf. You know, maybe you can figure out, I don't know. I mean, you you know, you have to have one person on each course or something. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, people are going to try to figure out something. But they'll just continue to always take a risk. Right. I mean, if the prime minister caught it of Great Britain, there's Hmm. no guarantee that anybody coming up near you anywhere unless we have the testing and the tracking. So to me, that's at least a year and a half away. Even just the testing at least yeah yeah i mean every i mean we're talking about everybody's got to be tested or when you go from state to state you got to be quarantined for 14 days Mm. everywhere Everybody's gonna go around with a thermometer in their pocket, and you go 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 meet somebody, and they're gonna shake their hand. You're just gonna hit them in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> right, just tag, make sure you don't have a temperature. Yeah, what's their temperature? No, it's, no, we're in a new world now, baby. You might as well start watching Star Trek. I mean, this is this is we're in the future now. And this germ, we can have who knows, man. We can have another germ. Right? I ain't talking about the well. It was in Wuhan, and Wuhan was experimenting with bats. Get out of here. <laughs> right. You know, how long have we had bats? I mean, now they're going to be bringing Dracula back. No, I just think that uh, there's really going to be some questioning. And during this time when everybody's down on one knee, we're going to get a chance to re examine and people are going to understand oh, we need the sports. Oh, we need to bet on it. Oh, it's entertainment. But oh, how it broke down barriers and brought us together and helped get rid of. Uh, you know, a lot of racism and a lot of ex- exclusivity. Now, it didn't go away. Right. But but it maybe it is a good time to, to take a breath and to see how far we've come. And, and then by realizing that, we'll see, you know, how far we have to go. There's so many schools now, they can't tell you 
you know, who their first black student was, but they had a first black student, and they can't tell you who the first black football player was that they allowed to play on a team, and all of them didn't happen in the same decade. Hell, True. it didn't happen in the same century. True. True. And I think that needs to be, you know, in an organized fashion, uh, uh, talked about, uh, researched, shared, you know, honored. And it's not just because our family, you know, goes back to the beginning of America and, 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 and how lucky we were able to find that out and, and you already at your age know so much more about your history than I did at your age. Just think about it. True. See? Because mm -hmm. I got us, got us getting off a boat in New Orleans, Russ. I figured that's where <laughs> New Orleans. Master Fugue got them and put them in chains and marched them up to Tennessee near Muffersboro. Right. Yeah. Now we got to figure out what they were growing there. You know, like when I do, when I do uh, Roots too. <laughs> saga, you know, I got to make sure that it's realistic whether we were just doing cotton or what we were doing. Yeah, yeah that's a good. I never thought about the way, yeah, what they were growing in Tennessee where like that my, my great great grandfather was born a slave, Joseph Martin Fugit. Well, you're getting some legacy, certainly. Um, and you're getting it just straight from from my dad. Thanks for listening to uh, Russell Fugit Leadership Legacy and Love Podcast. Here with my dad, Gene Fugit. Uh, so all that being said, we do have this NFL drive. What 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 are you get, getting excited about now? Of course, for me, being a, a fan of the Burgundy and Gold, we have the number two pick. I mean, everybody is just saying that Chase Young, you know, former the math the high school All American, is going to return home and, and just be a dominating force. Um, on, on the defense, whenever play does resume for for in the NFL. Um, well, let me just give you about four minutes. Uh, that's uh, more or less from the excerpts of of what I've been working on in terms of uh, okay uh, of my memoirs because mm -hmm. I uh, had gotten a mention in Sports Illustrated and like this kid Fuga, he could really fly. And and it, and the scouting was very hit and miss because there's really you know just a few All American magazines and I was lucky to get a Sports Illustrated mention which I you know I don't even know why it's like New England football it's just like the, you know they'll find you you know wherever you are so you know there's a guy Jim Warren who's a, fa a famous uh, TV guy in Chicago and on NBC News. And he was at Amherst College. He just gave me a hard time. He said, Fugit, you're never going to get drafted. So he led the you're not going to get drafted movement. And that wasn't the draft I was really worried about. See? It would be an arm draft, correct? I had been drafted into the U.S. service, into the Army, to go to Vietnam. Right. And, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was uh, uh, 1969 when they had that lottery when every – male in America by turning 18 or over that year was going to get a number and they could project what the cutoff was whether you would be drafted and have to serve. Now leaving the 2800 block of West Moser 21216 it wasn't a happy experience because the people that left really didn't come back well and some of them actually uh, came back addicted and then there was also a couple that never came back at all so I was already predisposed uh, 
you know, against the, the Vietnam War. And I was about to graduate and being black was really relevant uh, back in uh, 68, 69, 70, 71. Because during that time, I was being recruited by the NAACP, uh, CORE, SNCC, Black Panthers, Black Muslims, and and then finally uh, the Young Republicans. But that but that's a whole separate story. I blew that if I had uh, accepted that Young Republicans. I tell everybody I would have been Clarence Thomas, and my friends tell me I would have been on the Supreme Court for sure because of my friend David Eisenhower. But I would not have been Clarence Thomas, so I was. <laughs> you know, uh, ha ha happy uh, to know that. But no, I got drafted and it said, report for your physical. And this doctor wrote a letter that made it sound like I needed a cane to walk down the street. And when I got the letter, and I didn't want you to know this as my son, but Russell, I was so happy that day, maybe even more happy than when you were born, when it said that I flunked and had a 4F and was turned down to go to military service. Now I wanted to, I was thinking about a Peace Corps or something like that, but I was really thinking about law school. Let's, let's face it, I think I could really help America by by being a lawyer and not by going over there, uh, you know, to be shot. Because again, I was certainly not thinking uh, about pro football, but it would be nice, you know, gee whiz, you never know, blah, blah, blah. And as fate would have it, one of my uh, teammates from a year earlier had made the team with the uh, Miami Dolphins, and his name was Doug Swift. And he came back and said that I was as good as any tight end he played against. Now, of course, that was very nice of him to say, considering, you know, he probably played against John Mackey, but uh, I mean, it was exciting. So in those days, uh, there was no... Uh, uh, ESPN and there was no live radio and uh, they would just come in and out on the radio in the local markets with the announcement of the National Football League draft. So by the end of the first day I didn't hear anything uh, back in 1972 and I went to sleep and woke up that next day to a lot of hazing because of course they were into the second day of the draft. And in those days, Russ, the draft was 17 rounds. So on the last person on the 13th round got drafted, which I didn't know, and I was on campus eating and I got a phone call. <laughs> and the phone call congratulated me, said he was Gilbrand, Dallas Cowboys, and I was now a Dallas Cowboy, and my life hasn't been the same since. Yeah, I caught the part of the Gil Brandt uh, interview with we was doing with Peyton Manning that's well, aired on ESPN recently. So I definitely thought of you and saw the the IBM computer he used, which I assume was one of the tools he used to find you out of you know Amherst College in, in tiny Amherst, Massachusetts. So. It was fascinating to hear you know hear him talk about how he would do his scouting. Yeah, the Cowboys were, were you know modern in many ways, uniforms still being used, you know that space age, that silver color, and uh, you know they were the first team to fully integrate computers uh, into the scouting. And and little did you know that the computer program that they used 
originated on the University of Massachusetts computer programmed by students from Amherst College. But that's another right. story. Oh, wow. Okay, you went all the way to another Amherst connection, of course. Okay. So, well, I appreciate, as always, that, that, that background and that backdrop. Anything, any inter interesting thoughts? Of course, we're very NFC East focused normally. Any particular thoughts on, on your former teams or any other clubs in the NFC East and, and what they may do on, on you know, the first round being on Thursday and then going forward? All right, well, this is the closest that we're going to have to, you know, to a contest for right. a while. I mean, I'm going right. to come up with some fantasy uh, stuff <laughs> that we can do every week. Esports. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe they can get everybody, get them all to take testing and then agree to go to uh, one of those islands where they do the bachelor or something and just leave them there. <laughs> you know, for a month, you know, they play like two games a week and they tape them all and then they just run it out and then we could bet on them and we don't know who wins. Something like that. I mean, they may have to get creative. I know, you know, MLB is trying to get creative. <laughs> and I guess the NBA is talking about trying to do Vegas. I mean, I haven't kept up in recent days. All right, see, right now, we don't know who's keeping their picks. True. And this is a pretty good draft. True. There are a lot of skill players. And there are a handful of offensive D linemen that can't miss. Mm. So I think there's at least a good solid two rounds of, of, of players that are first round talent, but of course might get hurt, somebody you know whatever. But in terms of you just lined them up, they're they're really uh, uh, close at, at all at every skill position. Right. And I've looked at uh, some of the uh, drafts that are, are uh, what do you call it, the projected draft. Mock drafts. Yes. And and it's scary what can happen. And it all depends on what happens at the top. So what do you want to do? Assume everybody's keeping their picks? Is Cincinnati going to keep their pick? Yeah, I, I believe they will. I mean, they got a new coach, but the same general manager, right? Right. Well, they had a new coach last year, so this is now. New coach. If they if they traded the pick, it would be for at least like two number ones or another number two, right? Oh, at least. I mean, that's yeah. So you know they won't do it, and how come? Because what the price, the asking price would be too high. No, because they're too cheap. Well, okay, because they don't want to pay all those. Right, Cincinnati's not going to want to pay all those first rounds. Right, right, right. Cincinnati don't want three good players to pay. Right, right, right. I mean, they can get three good players, but if they got to pay them, I don't like them that much. Right. So that's how you know Joe Burrow is going there. So you know what that means, don't you? Look who falls into the Redskin lap. Because, of course, they don't have to make any trade until they see what happens with number one. Right. So they can have some stuff lined up, depending on what they do. But look who falls into the Redskins' lot. Chase Young. No! <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say no. You think talking about Tua? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. Are you kidding? Mm. Chase Young, man. Mm-hmm. Look, we've had defensive ends that never even made it to the field. And and Tua may never make it. 
But to pass on him and have him end up really being Tua. <laughs> he's really is Tua. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if he's really Tua again and shows up like he did at Alabama, come on, man. Mm. What about Dwayne Haskins? We, what we, about got, Dwayne we, we already got a quarterback. No, Dwayne got to be coached up, man. Dwayne ain't Aaron Rodgers, okay? And Tua is? Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is. No, 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 no. This boy's been at Alabama University, not at Ohio State. But they just point to him and tell him to throw it this fast. I mean, usually they're good at throwing bombs and maybe a quick post. But they don't throw any outs or nothing. They don't throw, you know, they just tried to throw some quick screens. But, I mean, every they got like 18 players that can score on a quick screen and they don't even run it. Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They got so many people that they can just touch the ball and score. Boom. So, I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for the high school seniors. I feel sorry for the people that can't walk across the stage, the people that, that uh, can't have the graduations. Uh, the Olympic people, they got to wait another year. And then all the summer league people, right? you know, they're going to have these drafts. At least the football players got a chance to play. But the uh, basketball players, you know, are they still going to have an NBA draft later on? Because nobody's going to be playing. Right. See, you're just saying, I'm still, I'm still been digesting that, that the 2020 sports calendar is finished. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're past opening day. Certainly. Well, yeah. Well past opening day. And been away from training camp long enough that they have to do training camp again. Right. Yeah, they said at least, what, three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, somebody would get hurt. No, I mean, it's just. Yeah. And then the NFL, they ain't having no offseason workouts. No. No. So, if they're not doing the number of workouts they're supposed to, they got to have an agreement with the players to even do it. Now, maybe the players don't get paid. See, that's where it gets funky. Right, that's what I was going to say. So, what's the business decision for you? Well, you know, if for I'm these an owner, man, I'm yeah. sorry, uh, Peyton. You know, I can't play, pay you till next year. And, and what about, and then what happens to the TV? Hey, hey Russ, and hope somebody somewhere has an insurance policy that'll cover it, you know. Right. <laughs> Either the team got insurance, you got insurance. Well, I did see, insurance. I think, I think I mean, they said Lord of London had covered Wimbledon. Ain't paying. What's up with that, you know? I think Lord of, Lord of uh, was it Lords of London covered Wimbledon's cancellation? There was a cancellation They did? Policy. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's why right. you get insurance. Right. That's a great lesson. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know that. That's a good yeah. pickup, son. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just trying to, I mean, I mean, hearing about how, you know, a lot of these insurance companies are not covering these restaurants who are, who are, who are closing. Are they going to cover these sports leagues and to what extent? I mean, what kind of insurance policy is that for losing out on billions of dollars? I can't tell you how every morning, you know, I got a routine on my Amazon Echo and it gives me the weather, although it still gives me weather in D.C. And then it gives me like the early news. Right. And then it gives me the new songs from Amazon. And then it gets to ESPN and says, there's no new content. 
con- con- there's no there's no new content from ESPN. Wow. And, and then they just jump right into political axes or something. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, don't you have any scores? Oh no. Right, there's not one score, there's not yet. <laughs> right, no. Yeah, it was uh, Ravens ten and then that's the, what wait, what was the other what the other team do? Oh, there wasn't another team, you know. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, man, but I like who the, the mock draft says that the Ravens would get. I know we're in the wrong division now. The Cowboys no, got a new Cowboys got a new coach. Right. And and they gotta be favored with the with the talent that they would have if they would play this year. Right. Uh and they'll only be better like, you know, with a year off. Redskins are gonna be uh, vastly improved. Giants are gonna be good. And it's the Eagles with that quarterback question mark. Right. So, uh, although we like the coaching staff, so that that should be one of the most competitive and challenging uh, divisions if they could figure out how to get them all tested, and mm-hmm. they could do tracking, and they could maybe let them play. So we'll see. I mean, I would like to, but you know, of course. right now it's just not looking real good. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, I guess being my dad, you always got to give the dose of reality. And I think so many of us are holding out hope that something can be figured out to see the completion of the NBA or NHL seasons and then see baseball get started. And then, of course, that gives hope for the football season. But, yeah, without, without testing, I mean, I, you know, I was talk, texting with, you know, your godson, my cousin. You know, yeah, I don't want to go sit in the office with anyone until there's ubiquitous testing. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I don't want to be in a close environment with with strangers anywhere. You know, until... I mean, it just 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 depends on if you got the immunity or or you're not my age or you got right. diabetes like I have or you're not right. old like me. You're, you're not black like me, and you're not uh, mm. in that profile like me. That mm-hmm. the ambulance will come and just leave me here because I'm dead already. <laughs> so I'm even be laughing. They said just leave them there. Don't don't pick them up. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No. See, I'm saying this is serious, and and uh, you almost want to look at zombie movies and you know any anything that's dystopic. Because we're, we're going to be heading through one of the most dy- dystopic times. And uh, I'm afraid that the gap between the haves and the have-nots will grow again. But we'll see. They said to try to get some money to people that look like us on this uh, most recent uh, signing. We're doing this, uh, you know, in the end of April. So good luck to all the business people out there. And I hope you get your share. And more importantly, I hope you got your check. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Dad, thanks for taking the time to be with us. And, and this is certainly going to be the most unique episode of the Russell Few Get Leadership Legacy and Love podcast. And um, but I really appreciate your perspective. I appreciate your, your grounding in reality as to where we are. And it's just so much to, 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 to digest. And um, especially, you know, at least for the purposes of this conversation, being a, a fan of sport and, and of course, us having our podcast and having done radio and sports talk and um, having that be such a big part of our life and our relationship and for to have it be just so absent, um, you know, it definitely is this unimag- previously unimaginable reality, but a reality that you 
articulated here could be with us for a, 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 a while. You know, a while. Yeah, but take advantage of it, see, but we can take advantage of that mm. and, and, and make the reality of what has already occurred but hasn't been glorified or has been overlooked or hadn't been talked about or hasn't been explained or hasn't been celebrated just like the first black player at all the schools that got their butts kicked. I mean, you know who they are, and there's a stadium named after them, like at Iowa State. I mean, the players don't even know that the Iowa State Stadium is named after African American. And I just think that now we can really, sure, we'll see why we miss sports, but we also miss sports because, again, all of us are sitting in there in that stadium, you know, rooting civically or professionally for one thing, and now, like, we're in the isolation mode. And it's a good time to study when we were together. I mean, everybody wasn't against Jackie Robinson. Sure, there were players that called their names. There are people that call Adam Jones names. I right. mean, every stand in Philadelphia wasn't throwing beer on us when we came out. But a lot of them were. And it's sports and it's America and you got to deal with it. Now, can't deal with it if there's no sports. So maybe we can look at the people who did have to deal with it. And maybe we can learn something from it. So maybe we can still be dumb, but at least we don't have to be ignorant and we'll have more facts to fight with. Well, it's definitely time for reflection. And uh, so I think that's a great way to, to end. Uh, thanks, Dad. Really appreciate it. This is the Russell Fugit Leadership Legacy and Love Podcast. You can find me at Russell Fugit um, across all social media. You can find my dad at Gene Fugit. Also on social media, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. But I know he's he's big on Twitter. And um, please share and subscribe to this podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in to the return of Fugit Squared, this dystopic edition of Fugit Squared Talking Sports. Uh, until the next episode. Yeah, thanks for being my son. And happy birthday, Nat Nat. Yes, happy birthday to my youngest on this weekend. Um, so until next time, family, uh, stay safe, stay well, and stay home. God bless.